This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. It's week one. We're not firing all cylinders just yet. We'll get there. We're not quite in midseason for him. Jeez Louise. All right. Let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this matchup. The Vikings are at home, and it's a day game. So Kirk Cousins should be just fine. They're favored at minus six points, and then the over-unders at 45 and a half. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 4-12 and 12 against the spread. Last season was terrible. I don't know if this season offensively is going to be much better for them. I think their defense gets kind of slept on a little bit too much personally. But because this game's in Minnesota, I actually am going to take the Vikings to cover here on this one. Chase, what do you think? Yeah, I like Minnesota to cover. This is this is honestly when I was looking at you know, this week from a, from a pick'em standpoint and survivor pool standpoint – there's some tough, tough matchups to call here. Even taking high favorites, there's not a ton of matchups where there's where you've got a ton of confidence that, like, oh yeah, I, I can call this in week one and and, and have it have it hit here. Um, but this honestly, this is one of the games that I'm taking in my in my knockout pools for week one. I like Minnesota to get it done over Tampa Bay. I do think that if Tampa Bay's offensive line holds up, which is a gigantic Raymond James Stadium style you know, sized if. Yeah, they're in the but, backup center. Right and backup, yeah, they're going to be running backups. The backups all over the places. I mean, they they've had they've got a rough time of it up front. But if they can hold up, at least there are enough weapons there. There's enough there. I think that Baker Mayfield showed last year. He, I think he played himself into a job. He's not great. He's going to be a placeholder quarterback for that team. But there are enough weapons around that even he'll find them. So I yeah, think I, sure I think I'm that. a little higher on them than than some people. But I I I just think that week one. I like Minnesota to take this one. You sure they'll find them? Because I, I watched this guy torpedo DJ Moore right off the face of the planet last year. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I, 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 I watched. They also, they also fired everybody and had to let everybody go. I mean, they're not. I don't know. I, yeah, I watched him. Ob OBJ looked like he was ready for retirement until he got resurrected. Until he went to the Rams, I, I, he sent he sent Jarvis Landry into retirement. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that he can. I don't, it would be interesting. That's why I got Minnesota covered. I'm a. I'm going to say we're. It's not going to be a lock them in, but I am going to cash on that one. Uh, let's talk about the quarterback situation, though. Kirk Cousins. I do have him ranked at 11th. The ECR has him at 12. Tampa Bay, of course, was 18th in fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position last year and 22nd in passing yards allowed. But they were they gave up the fourth most passing touchdowns to the quarterback. That's what I'm banking on. I'm banking on Kirk Cousins getting two to three touchdowns in this game and being a low-end QB1 as a result. Chris, what say you? Yeah, I hate Kirk Cousins, and I don't like Minnesota particularly in this game overall either. Um, I'm not playing Kirk Cousins this week. I have him in a, a couple different leagues, and I, I am very worried about Tampa Bay's defense. And you talked about defense kind of got written off and overlooked. I think they're a terrible matchup for this Minnesota offense. They're actually able to get physical. Minnesota offense really struggles to their offensive line against physical teams. I think Tampa Bay is going to bring it to this team, and I think they're going to struggle overall. Kirk Cousins is not a guy I'm very excited about. I do understand that it's going to be a daytime game, so maybe that helps, but this isn't a guy I'm feeling super confident in play this week. 
he can't be seen in the light. <laughs> so funny with Kirk Cousins when we talk about that. So where would you have Kirk Cousins? Let's, let's play this. Let's play this game a little bit here, real, real quick, because because uh, like I said, I, I have him as a top twelve quarterback. So I'm curious to see: Would you have Kirk, Kirk Cousins or Geno Smith? Geno. Would I you have Kirk Cousins? We have Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff against Kansas City. That's tough. But I'm still going Jared Goff, even though it's on the road. Hmm. All right. Would you go Kirk Cousins or Deshaun Watson against Cincinnati? No brainer. I'm going Deshaun. I'm not down as Deshaun as you guys are. Okay. Kirk Cousins or Daniel Jones against Dallas? Now you got me. Okay. So Kirk Cousins at about quarterback 14. I, I think that's about where you'd have him at, just kind of playing that little bit of game. And sometimes you got to play that game with yourself to figure out where you want to start some of these guys. I think, though, two or three touchdowns. I don't hate Kirk Cousins the way you do. He still has a guy named Justin Jefferson. So I'm going to put him in the top 12 for this week against Tampa Bay. But we'll see what shakes out there. Uh, Alexander Madison. I'm much higher on Alexander Madison this week than the ECR. I have him ranked at RB 13. ECR has him at RB 25. I think they're nuts. Say what you want about Madison. Yeah. Inefficient, not a big player. No, he's not as good as Dalvin cook. He's going to get all the vault. Did you see the roster behind him? I am not worried about Ty Chandler. He's going to get everything he can handle, especially while he's healthy early in the season. There's no way Alexander Madison's not, not, not just not a lock him in, but an high in RB2 with RB1 upside this week, given that touchdowns and over 100 yards from scrimmage with the volume he could be looking at should very much be in the picture. I can't believe ECR has him at 25 right now. Maybe this gets catched up. I don't know, but his player prop on top of it is 57 and a half rushing yards. He went over three last four starts that he's had on top of that because he gets 20 plus touches when he's out there. And I don't think this is going to be any different. What do you think, Adam? Am I, am I off my rocker here? Do ECR know something I don't? Um, I'm not as confident on the rushing prop. Uh, this is a defense, uh, kind of to Chris's point, that can very well suffocate the run. Um, so I'm not there. I do like him higher than the ECR on the fantasy side of things, though, because to me, while uh, the, the fantasy people typically have only seen him as the runner, I think uh, Madison, the receiver, is where he's actually like an above replacement value player. Um, so that's where I think you know he could maybe uh, carve out just enough, get his touchdown, and finish as that high-end RB2 with the low-end RB1 type of upside. Uh, I, I do think there's fantasy value for him, but I think the rushing is going to be very hard. I don't expect him to break four yards per carry this week. No, You know what? That's a fair point. So I won't go ahead and cash that one. That, that's a fair point. I like that argument, Adam. Uh, let's, but we do agree as far as him being a high in RB2, though, because yes. of the receiving. And that, that's where I'm with you on that one as well. What about Rashad White? I feel like Alexander Madison or Rashad White, like it's perfect that this was the week one match. <laughs> like, these are just the two guys we've been talking about in that same range all summer long. I have Chase, or I'm sorry, Chase, I am going to go to you, but Rashad White, I have him ranked at RB22. ECR has him at 18. So in this case, I'm a little bit lower. I don't like the fact that Tampa's offensive line got banged up right before week one already. You're already hard on the razor thin there as it was. And talk about a guy with his player prop of 43 and a half rushing yards. He has the much easier matchup on paper against Minnesota. He also should be in line for the volume potentially as high as an Alexander Madison, maybe a little bit less. I think guys like Chase Edmonds and maybe Sean Tucker to some degree get a little bit more involved than a Ty Chandler does, but he still should be the bell cow back. That's what matters more here. 
I do still have the over 43 and a half because it's such a low number. And he was over that whenever he had 13 carries or more last year. So I am going to go with the over, but I'm still not super confident we're getting a ceiling play out of him this week, which is why I have an RB 22. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think he makes it to 13 carries, which is oh. your point there. Okay. I don't think he makes it. I don't think he makes it to that many carries uh, and he's going to need it. We, we talked about, <clears throat> we talked about that offensive line and how, how, you know, dicey a situation that is. Rashad White is not Leonard Fournette, but that is not and has not been a, a real efficient running game necessarily. Uh, and I don't I don't expect them to be close enough where I think that he gets to 13 carries. I see. So I'm I am I am way with you on the under on his rushing yards. I like him season long. I think he I think he takes charge of that backfield. I'm not as worried about Chase Edmonds as some other people have been, despite the name. Um, and I'm not I'm not worried at all about you know, Keyshawn Vaughn eating into anything that he's, he's about either. So. Well, let me ask you from this standpoint, from you only think he's gonna have a big day rushing. Is he going to have yeah. enough in the receiving game where he's an RB two for you, or is he more like an RB three flex play for you? I think, I think that, well, you know, you've got him right towards the bottom half of being an RB two anyway. I mean, it's, it's, you're not, you're, you're lower on him than, than consensus, but consensus doesn't have him necessarily in the top half there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, he's much more a flex play for me this week. Um, I, I like him season long. I like, I'm curious to see what his, what his outcome is and what his role really is. But yeah, this week, this week, I think that he, he can't, there's just not going to be that volume of, of rushing attacks for, for 43 and a half. And I mean, if, if they've got to throw, if they're far enough behind where they're throwing, they're going to need to throw to the guys, the other big, guns on that team with Godwin and Evans. So. Okay. Okay. Interesting point. There might be a d- discrepancy of game script of how that thing goes to turn out. We'll have to see. That's uh, what I'm betting on. Yeah. Yeah. W- with Justin Jefferson, obviously, you know, again, Justin Jefferson, play him, start him, love him. Awesome. I am going to ask Chris this because I feel like I might know the answer after he just completely destroyed Kirk Cousins for no good reason. <laughs> how, do you, how do you destroy a man with a wholesome man on the quarterback's Netflix show, man? The boring man, the, the exciting man. And Chris just took a dookie all over him with his last thing. So I'll be curious to see what you do with the player prop here for Justin Jefferson. 92 and a half receiving yards is his player prop for this week. Tampa Bay, of course was 18th in receiving yards allowed last year. The big thing was that they gave up touchdowns. That's where a lot of the receivers got their fantasy value from. They did go over that mark three of those last five games. So over under Jefferson at 92 and a half receiving yards, Chris. That's tough. You know, this is nothing to do with Cousins. This is just in general. This defense is pretty good. Like I said, 92 yards is a, you know, a decent number there. I would probably go the over because I do think man, he's going to continue to be the offense for this team. I don't think Madison's going to have a great game. I think um, Addison's going to kind of struggle versus secondary because they can get physical with him. So I look at the other matchup, and I think Jefferson's going to become, you know, the guy that he looks for. Like he always does at the very end of the game and continues to pepper him targets. So I like the over for Jefferson, not by a whole lot because I think it's going to be kind of close. Um, but I do think that, you know, we look at the team, how it's built. I think he continues to be the alpha in his passing attack. And I don't think that's going to change for some Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's kind of like I was talking about. Yeah, sure. I was going to say it's Kirk Cousins. So we know that we're going to get, we don't know if it's going to be the beginning of the season. It's going to be after week four. But we're going to have a four to six game streak where he's just awful. And he'll get good again, but he's going to be awful. And usually it's the beginning of the season. So that's also why I'm down at Kirk Cousins. Oh, 
Uh, Chris is hey, Chris Cousins. Uh, the Justin Jefferson thing is kind of what I said earlier in their show about Patrick Mahomes. No matter what the prop is, you're never really in good conscience going to be able to bring yourself, I think, to bet the under on a guy like that. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll take the over there with I, you. I like, them to, I like them to throw to Addison in the first half, try out the shiny new toy, prove that you have to cover him and that you can't put all of your your attention on Jefferson. And then in the second half, if there's an adjustment made, then to hammer Jefferson in the second half because th- at that point there'll be a pick your poison on defense. I, I, I would think that that may be what we can see on Sunday. Hammer Addison in the first half, prove that you have to cover him, make them draw coverage away from Justin Jefferson, and then take advantage of that all day long. Well, that's interesting, Chase. Let's, let's elaborate a little bit more on that because with Addison, I got him ranked at 41. ECR has him at 36. I don't have him as a must play. If you play in three receivers, uh, three receivers, consensus is telling you you need to play him. This is a wait and see for me. Here's my, and this isn't necessarily just an Addison point. This is a general wide, rookie wide receiver for this year's class point. While there's guys that I like, and I know there's four of them that went in the first round. I don't think any of them are so dominant in talent that we're going to see them hit the gate right out of the gate right away. But Addison's the one who's best set up to be in that position because of all of them, he's the one who's definitely going to be playing in two receiver sets. I don't think there's any question about that. Zay Flowers might be right behind him as far as his opportunity goes. We'll see how the injuries work out there in Baltimore. But are you going to be that? Are you really truly going to be that aggressive about playing Addison in your fantasy lineups as your wide receiver three this week? Because I'm not. I'm not necessarily going to be aggressive on him, uh, on playing him. I just think that game from a game script, you know, standpoint, I would I would do that. I would I would be making him, you know, I would be making them draw coverage to him so that I, I had that free open look at at Justin Jefferson even freer than he normally is. Um, I don't. Ne- it does that doesn't necessarily have to translate to a ton of production or at least you know scores and that kind of thing. I agree that. On a three on a three receiver setup, he's yeah he's low end wide receiver three to start with. But I think that his presence, I think that the way they'll use him early in the game will set up big big chunk plays and and big usage for Jefferson in the second half. That's yeah, I how just, I think the workload will be distributed. I, I, I first of all call up Kevin O'Connell. Free advice for you here from the MD Saints Football <laughs> Show with Chase Thornton. Number one, what you should be doing, whether the coaches do it or not, we never know. I just think there's still a little bit of a question mark. Does he definitively play more snaps than KJ Osborne Week One, which is why I'm a little bit lower than him in the ECR. But Adam, let's talk about some Mike Evans. I got him ranked at wide receiver 29. ECR has him at 31. I think this is the lowest I've ever ranked Mike Evans coming into a Week One matchup, and it's just difficult for me to just get over the Baker Mayfield shadow. I can't I can't do it. It's not just the Mayfield thing, though. Dave Canales, who I know he gets all this credit about Geno Smith, but he wasn't the one calling plays. You have a first-time play caller on top of everything else that you have question marks about, at least in my opinion. Now, on the flip side, Minnesota, 30th in fantasy points allowed to the wide receivers and gave up the most yardage to wide receivers last year. So you do have that working for you. Am I too low on Mike Evans, or are you with me? I like Mike Evans. I don't know if you're necessarily too low, um, but I, I do think I like him above uh, the 31. Um, you know, I think he's in the 20s somewhere, probably low end. 29 feels fair. Uh, maybe I would go a touch higher, but it, it's you know splitting hairs at that point. I, I think of the people on this offense best situated for Baker's strengths versus his weaknesses, uh, Evans is in the best situation. Uh, 
Baker won't be hitting the timing stuff for Godwin, right? Baker could hit the big body guy downfield. That sounds like something Baker might be able to figure out. You know, when it gets to the intricate timings, when it gets to some of these other things, I don't know if that's going to be his game. I think Evans will be fine, though. Uh, you know what? I, I'm Chris, I'm going to get to you because I saw you shaking your head here, too. But Chris Godwin, that, that's actually a good point. I might even change my rankings going into this week a little bit. That is a fair point. I've been struggling. Who do I rank higher? Do I rank Evans or Godwin higher? Right now, I have Godwin at 25 and Evans at 29. I have him close, but... The idea being that, well, okay, if you have a quarterback who's struggling and you want to get him in rhythm, you try to hit the shorter pattern guy, and that's Godwin running those shorter intermediate slot routes. But then I also, like I said, watched him turn DJ Moore into a wide receiver 47 the first five weeks that he was starting too. So running those similar type of routes. To your point, maybe going after the bigger body guy will actually prove to be more beneficial in Mike Evans' case. But Chris, you're shaking your head, so give me, give me all of your points here on these wide receivers. I actually like both receivers. We saw in Seattle last year. I know you're not going to give Dave Canales credit for what happened in Seattle, but we saw them feature their two receivers, which a lot of teams don't seem to actually do. And I think both of them are going to be prioritized in the passing attack. I think Godwin's going to be just fine. And it was only preseason, but you know he was out there with Baker the last game for that, and he had four catches. He was able to get an easy rhythm. And I think that Mike Evans is going to be just fine. I think the key thing is that you're going to see a lot of movement and a lot of bootleg action, a lot of half-field reads. So you're going to have opportunities for both these guys to kind of get the ball versus you know Baker kind of processing and looking for different guys and timing routes and stuff like that. I don't think that's going to be the offense. I think you're going to see, like I said, a lot of bootleg action, a lot of half-field reads, and it's going to be look for Godwin or look check it down to the running back or look for Evans and check it down to the running back. So I think both those guys are going to eat this week, especially versus Vikings secondary. Outside of Murphy is just you know putrid. Yeah, no, the, the matchup is nice. The matchup is nice. I still got you playing those guys as wide receiver threes, but uh, I don't know. I just got to see the bigger Mayfield of it all. Let's talk TJ Hawkinson real fast. Uh, I got him ranked at four. ECR has him at three. Obviously, if you got him, you're starting him. What do we think about his contract extension? And what do we think with the whole fact that he was it was a year infection, back, whatever the case may be? Hawkinson didn't practice really at all training camp. Do we think it's going to affect him this year overall, Chase? No, I, I saw the way he walked in the front door of that facility last year, and it was like he had played for them his entire career. He stepped right in from day one. Right. <laughs> he stepped he stepped right onto the field and, and it was like he was a part of he was part of things from day one and, and a workable part of things. He wasn't just you know, I mean it it was the closest we've seen in real life to a Madden plug in where you just oh, I traded for this guy. I guess he's you know gonna make plays all over the field for me now. You don't normally see that with guys trading in, in midseason in football. You see usage, but uh, the way that he seamlessly transitioned in, I don't think that he needs to necessarily, at this point in his career, I don't think he needs training camp as much as some other guys do. Um, you know, I, I, I like him at a, I like him at around a three, four, because I think that, that he's going to have, you know, he's going to have that. He's going to have those looks all year round. There's, there's no way they're going to be able to cover over the top and underneath. And so when they're not going over the top, they're good. They're going to, they're going to be going up the seam and underneath with, TJ Hawkinson. I, I love him this year. I really do. He's been a volume-based guy. He's gotten the volume. Now he's gotten the payday, so they feel like they have to be more obligated to give him the volume. The only thing I'm going to be watching for on Sunday is he's still the number two to Justin Jefferson of the team target share, or is it one of those other wide receivers like Jordan Addison? But let's go to our next